Uh, core values. Core values. All right. Intro time. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Yardist. I'm Matt Heiner, and to my left is Sam Barkley. And to the right, we've got our dog, Bodie. The What's up, Bo? <laughs> Always there. Just give him a treat and throw him a ball. He's the happiest dog in the world. Anyways. We wanted to talk about our core values here at Heiner and just kind of how you can go about finding your own, what ours are, and how they hold our team to, you know, I like to think, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard me say this a time or two, but we are leaders building leaders here at Heiner. And so, and how we do that is by leaning on our core values and using our core values as a compass to guide us forward and make those tough decisions and just who we are as individuals and what we are about to our core. That's why they're called core values. I would say the old school way about thinking core values is you got to go sing Kumbaya around a fire pit and come up with the, you know, the three to four or five things that mean the most to you. And, and then you put a little sweet something after that of, of quality and integrity and it just looks like those motivational posters uh, that you would see that have now become memes but I would say fast forward to today in 2022 this is what core values are this is how we use them this is what they are for us and we use them as literally our guiding compass to everything and it's no longer like yeah it's a lot of still the some of the same things but rather than having four or five we have 12 core values that we use to guide us moving forward as we, you know, live our lives. And so, I, I don't know, Sam, what do you think? Should we just go down the list of what our core values are, what they mean to us, or should we just more so talk about, like, how do you see, you know, from an employee standpoint, how do you see me using our core values on a regular basis? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that we have to go through, um, you know, the 12 top to bottom. Uh, we've got them in place, but like you said, you're going to have to find the ones that work for your company, that work for your team. Um, so I think it's going to be better if we just kind of sporadically jump around, touch on them, how we implement them, um, and yeah, just have like an open-ended conversation. I mean, you're the one who, you know, founded them, so to speak, put them on paper, um, but then we put them in practice every day that, you know, we wake up and come to work. So I think it's great to just kind of get both sides to where you're the creator of them and I'm the user. Yeah, I, I would say they didn't come very natural. They didn't come, I mean, they're very natural to me because they are kind of our core values and, and who I am. And I just wanted to make sure that I was using them to attract like-minded employees and like-minded clients because uh, birds of a feather flock together. And so um, I just kind of sat down and I've, I've been through courses. I've had mentors that have kind of poured what theirs are and, and they're not all original and I think it's totally fine. I'm about to share with you my core values. If they resonate with you, take them. You know, I rebranded some of them. I kind of twisted up the words to some of them because there are only so many core values. You can type in Google searches for different core values and I think once upon a time, I, I just wrote down every adjective that came to mind and put them all down and I just kind of mashed them up to try and figure out the best way of how I could package these up. And I tried to put them into, rather than using one-liners, I tried to make them, or one-word uh, core values, I tried to make them like one-liners, like like sentence form or just two-word things that just kind of built in action into them. So like our first one is what? It's, it's to build positive win-win relationships. How many times do you hear me say that per week? 
How many times do you hear me say that for a day? <laughs> a lot. I mean, I, well, you can't really count, and it, it comes out of everyone's mouth. Um, it starts with you, but it's definitely been the trickle-down effect. Um, and I think that, you know, that being the top one, it relates directly back for us to our company motto, and that's inspiring life outside. Um, so to me, building a win-win is that we are profitable, of course, because a business has to be profitable. You don't start a business just for a passion. You're going to bleed your bank account dry, and you're not going to be doing it anymore if it's not profitable. Mm -hmm. So on our end, sure, the win is more of a profitability thing, but largely for me, it's the um, satisfaction that I get out of seeing the design being built um, and that final product. But really, the end goal is the client. It yeah. is the user that the space we're creating them. Well, I'd like to dig deeper into that because building win-win relationships, I made that our very first one because it's instinctual to think that in, it goes directly, that these are client-oriented, and it is client-oriented, and that's what it is there for because I can't tell you how many times I let myself get taken advantage of to where I was just in a win-lose relationship, and the client was winning. They were getting a great price. They were getting a great product, and I had nothing at the end of the day to show for it, so... I mean, that's certainly what inspired it. But like when I dug deeper, I realized that, you know, for us as a company, for us to build a positive win-win relationship, it doesn't stop with the client. It continues on with your coworkers. It continues on with your suppliers. It continues on with your community. It continues on with building win-win relationships with everybody. You don't want to be that contractor or that guy that walks into their irrigation supply store and they just go, oh, God, here, here, here comes... Here comes so-and-so. Here comes Tristan. He's, he's going to try and just bend me over the rails and get the best price as possible. And it's like, you don't want to, you want them to win too. And so for us, and a core value for me, I wanted it to be, how can we create a win-win for not just our clients, but our suppliers? I want them to know that, hey, being, have, building a win-win relationship with them means that we're proactive. We're giving, we're organized. We're giving, we're making them their job easy by providing them with all the necessary information that they need. You know, we're not calling them every single time saying, oh, I need a delivery this afternoon. Oh, I need a, no. It's like, we know that they get busy. Our suppliers need several days in advance. Let's give them and say, hey, I, I know this is a two, three lead, lead item. I, I, I need this in five weeks, but I'm ordering it now so we're not in a rush. That way, when you need that favor, when you're in that pinch and you call them and say, hey, Steve, I need a favor. Dude, Sam, I got your back. You know, you've always had mine. You've always had my best interest. Now they're, you've built that win-win relationship. They're going to want to do things more for you and bending over backwards. So building a positive win-win doesn't just stop with the client. No, I, I fully agree. I think that some of them are a little bit more targeted in our core values, but that's that overarching umbrella and that's why we've got it as the number one um, yeah. from start to finish whether it's the client the supplier or most importantly it's internal who do you spend the most time with who do you you know talk to the most or have to work with the most it's your internal co-workers it's not your suppliers those are the one-off calls of the week it's not your clients even those yeah. are also to an extent the one-off calls of the week it's who do you see the first thing in the morning and for eight hours a day until the end of the day. And it got to build makes that light. positive win-win. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's number one. Our second one is better than yesterday. You know, that, that's, that one means probably the most out of all of them to me, just because 
you know, we're not in competition with the other landscapers in town. We're not in competition with any anything else but ourselves. And so to beat yourself and to be competitive, ultimately, yeah, I like to win and I like to beat other people. But the ultimate competition is to just beat ourselves. And that's the only way that we're going to get better is to be better than yesterday. And you might have a shit day and you just wake up the next morning and say, well, we're going to make today better than yesterday. And so that's just a little mantra that we can speak to ourselves just to know that we're continual students. We're continual everything, you know, that, you know, just we just got to be one more better. Yeah, not every uh, not every step is right direction or is necessarily a good step, uh, but it's how you bounce back from the backward step. Um, doesn't really matter if it was uh, a shit day. Sometimes you're not better than yesterday, and that happens. It's waking up the following day and being better and continuing to be better. Well, and I also like that one too because let's say you're out to achieve a massive goal for yourself. When I founded this company, I knew I wanted to be a bigger company. I had no idea what a $5 million company looked like, but I, I knew what the next step was. And, the next, you know, and once I got to that step, I knew what the next step needed to be. And all I had to do was get better than I was the day before. And that is what led me down this 13-year journey to build a company like this with a strong foundation, great core values, great culture, great team. Like all these things are just compounding on one another. And that was just because I lived the mantra of just being better than yesterday. Yeah, it's the micromanagement. You have to look at the weeds and the details in order to get better. If you're just looking from a high level up on a cloud, you're going to miss a whole lot of information. You got to have boots on the ground and you got to be, you know, in tune with it. Yep. And I think that kind of brings into our third. Um, this one was stolen. Yep. I'd stole this one. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I took this one from my good friend, client, uh, Tom Reaver. Uh, I'm sure you know him, them with, uh, him with the contractor fight. He's HGTV sh- uh, show host and pretty, pretty big deal these days. But uh, this is one that he practices and preaches as one of his company's core values. And, you know, when someone has perfection in a, in a core value, there's no reason to try and one-up it. You know, sometimes it's okay, it's perfectly okay to just take that core value and roll it into your own company, and that's exactly what we did with that. Uh, I get probably the most questions about Roll the Red, like what is that one when people actually see our list? And that one, in short, is just how like rolling the red carpet for our clients. How can we create that fine dining experience for them? How can we make them feel like a celebrity? You know, we want to, some people call it going the extra mile. We just call it roll the red. It's a, it's a quick way for us to just tell people, uh, just to have an internal reminder that, you know, we're here to be, uh, you know, servants of our craft. And that's, uh, that's just hold, helps hold us accountable to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's really an important one. Um, it's what sets you apart, you know. We're not cookie cutter. We are open about that, and we don't necessarily enjoy doing cookie cutter. So if you're coming to me, you're not looking for a cookie cutter project. You're coming to me for a specific reason. And the last thing that I want to do in return is give you the cookie cutter experience. If you're getting a product that is say luxurious high quality you know it's it's a big investment do you just want to be handed off and a couple phone calls here 
Um, no, I think that you know you want to be reassured that your best interest is in mind, and that you're not just working with a company that's uh, here for the dollar. Um, yeah. And we're not by any means. It's the full experience from start to finish, and it's enjoying that patio. Finish isn't when I leave the job site. Finishes when you're done with your home, when you're done enjoying that patio space. Yeah, and you can honestly, I could honestly argue you're never really done. Yeah. You know, I like to tell our clients, like, hey, look, especially when they get a water feature from us, I like to tell them, uh, or a patio, that's why we're investing so much into our retail stores, because, um, you know, when you just get your space, that's when the relationship can just start. We want you coming back for years to decorate it, keep it, keep it fresh, keep it good, take care of that water feature. Maybe that's us that does it or you, but we've got the products to help you, help support you to have a, hel- uh, a happy, healthy, beautiful yard. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you're the creator. Yeah. What's our next one we want to talk about? Next one on the list is uh, be proactive, you know. Um, I used to have a, I used to have a soccer coach once upon a time. I swear that's all. I swear those were the only two words that he he had in his uh, vocabulary. I just remember him yelling from sidelines, "Be proactive, be proactive." Till still to this day, I think I was 13 years old, 12 years old, and and that's all I remember from those summers. He was my 3v3 coach for soccer, and that was. All I remember, he just drilled that into my head, being proactive. And what that means is just staying, you know, thinking several steps in advance. You know, if you're going to be a master chess player, you got to be thinking 12 steps ahead. You know, even most people are barely thinking one step ahead in their life. So if you can at least be thinking five steps ahead in your life and in your business and your job, you're winning. You're mm-hmm. going to win. And so being proactive means that you've looked into the project you've looked into the sale you've thought of all the things of the blind spots and you're prepared for those moving forward so that way you're not caught with your pants down you actually get to look like a professional so and it's going to be huge in the renovation world compared to a new build if you're not proactive with what you may run into when you do run into it you're now backtracking exactly you know anything you do plan ahead you have the contingency plan of b c even d what's our next one on the list play the long game play the long game what does that mean to you to me it's um it's a little bit of an investment it's playing the long game in a numerous variety of scenarios in your life but it's not just looking for that quick dollar turnaround It's not looking for what can I do to make the fastest buck. It's what are the steps that I can take Mm -hmm. to make the most impact at the end of the day. And that impact may not be monetary. It may be the impact you have on your community. Playing the long game may be growing that relationship with the community and getting so many projects out there that everyone is proud to be living Mm -hmm. in your space and you're the one that got them outside disconnected from the technology away from the computer and back enjoying the outdoors so to me it's it's not about tomorrow it's not about the next day even it's looking years down the road and again being proactive but putting those plans in place and looking far enough down the road to know where you're headed to keep yourself motivated to keep trucking with all the punches that come i completely agree i think a a couple of tactical ways to put this that we put that 
put this core value into practice is look at our soil amendments. We have terrible soil here here in Colorado. And so, and so, you know, industry standard is not good enough in my opinion. You know, they're maybe sprinkling an inch of soil over 300 square feet, you know, a, a yard of soil over 300 square feet and then tilling that in for sod. Like you're setting your client up for failure. And, you know, I know this, I've been around long enough to where I've been ripping out enough things. Like, you know, playing the long game to me is, you, making sure that they're putting the investment on the front end to do that proper soil amendment so they can have a healthy garden later on. Uh, playing the long game means that you might be in a situation where you might not have thought of something in your bid and it might be a billable instance, but it's so minuscule, you know, you might tarnish the, uh, you know, the experience that your client's having with your company. So you or might have reputation. to like, yeah, your reputation. So you might need to, you might need to take a hit in the short term, you know, lose the battle so you can win the war or lose a game so you can still win the season, you know, depending on which way you want to look at it. But playing the long game also means that, you know, we might be taking from this year's profit and hire this position and that position to add to the overall, uh, you know, organizational chart of the company and the team, knowing that, you know, we might not have all the work for them, but we're never going to get all the work unless we put them onto the team now and invest into them and play the long game into the future and train them and build them up and get busy over the next course of the next five years or three years or next year or whatever. So playing the long game can, you know, that translates into many aspects of your business and, and, and product or service. So um, what's the next one we got? Let's just go down the list here. We got, yeah. Take ownership and initiative. This one's a huge one for me. Like, if there's one of my pet peeves of, of the fastest way to get uh, let go from our team is by somebody not taking ownership. Um, uh, it's disrespectful. It's it's a you're doing a disservice to society if you're not willing to just take complete ownership of uh, of of your job of your situation. Like, how are you ever going to get better if you can't look in the mirror and realize that you know. Like you're the one that needs to do better. Or if you're going to try and cover up your mistake, like you got to take ownership, you know, and I added the initiative part to it because it's like, you know, sometimes you need to, you know, say, Hey, yeah, like that is my job, but then just owning it isn't enough. Sometimes you have to, you actually have to take action and that's where the initiative part comes into it. So. Well, and I kind of look at it as, you know, ownership and initiative are two different spectrums. Initiatives on the front end. Ownership's on the back end. You can only take ownership once you've done something or not done something that you were supposed to do. Either you dropped the ball or you did it wrong. But in order to do it and get it done, you got to take the initiative. So initiative for me is kind of the, the beginning aspect of it. You got to hit the ground running and take the initiative to, you know, make the sale, finish the design, get the project going. Call your subs. Get your porta potty on site. Doesn't matter what it is. It takes the initiative to do that. Yep. If you don't take initiative, you are forced into taking ownership because you forgot to call the porta potty. Mm. Now your crew's on site and you haven't called utilities, porta potty, or whatever it may be. Now you need to take the ownership for that and get better for the next time. But to me, it starts with the initiative and it finishes with the ownership. 100%. Next one on the list, good isn't enough. Excellence is essential. I think excellence is the is the key here. You know, like 
if you're not driven by excellence, you're not going to make it in our company and, and just in our culture because, you know, we're not after perfection, but we are after excellence. Perfection mm-hmm. is, is, is a, is a uh, inhibitor, in my opinion. I feel like if you're after perfection, you're just going to get paralyzed and it's going to breed procrastination. Or you'll never finish you'll never get, You'll never get anything done. But we are after excellence. And, and so, you know, if there's instances where you're looking at something, you're like, yeah, that's good enough. That's a good time to take a time out and just go, no, I need to do my best here. And so excellence is essential in our company. And I, you know, I, I, I try and breed and push that all the time. No, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. We can do better. And so um, that one is, uh, is, is one, another one that I, I, I stole from uh, another mentor of mine, Andy Frisella. So, uh, you know, once again, just like Tom's uh, Roll the Red, I couldn't do that one better. So Yeah. I mean, it basically explains itself directly in the words, but I think the the best way and the way I like to remind myself and break it down is if you're talking about a paper option and you put it in front of your client, here's a good option. Here's a better option. Here's the best option. Good is bottom tier. That's not what most people think when you say, oh, I did a good job. But to me, it's it's a good, better, best. Good is the bottom. I don't even want to be better. Yeah. I, I just want to be the best project out there. And it's for the longevity of the project. If I don't build it to the best process or the best capabilities, it doesn't matter how much soil amendments I put in there. If the patio starts to fail, if the walkway starts to fail and crack, the project just starts falling apart. It wasn't installed with excellence. It was maybe good for a couple of years. But excellence is what gets us to the long game of extending that product and service throughout years to come is only by excellence and it's not by being good yep what do we got next have passion and pride in your work i'm driven by passion i like i love what we do you know i feel like if if somebody here is is miserable because they just don't like the craft they're not going to be happy it's Mm -hmm. not going to build that it's going to it's not going to build that win-win relationship that we're after and uh you know just having passion and pride in what you do that might be a little redundant with putting you know good isn't enough excellence is essential but i like to use that one a lot just because you know it's just a friendly reminder to just be passionate you know bring bring the energy bring bring that pride into into what you're doing because if not then please do yourself a favor and our company a favor and our clients a favor and go find something that you will be passionate about. But, you know, even if it is a little redundant, um, we've got 12. Yeah. It's not like we can't get a little redundant. There's only so many things that you can say. The way that I see that is almost the way that it's interpreted. While good isn't enough and excellence is essential may speak to some, taking passion and pride may speak to others within the company and so it's setting up the core values for the team it's not just the personal core values but when you're doing these core values they have to be an umbrella that envelops the it whole covers everything what as we, a company and that, when i was creating these that's exactly what i was trying to do i was trying to create an umbrella that would put that would cover almost every situation every situation or scenario that you could find yourself in you could turn to these core values and use it as your compass to make a decision so that's why that one's in there. Yeah. Um, this is a big one. Lead by example. 
I think there's a there's a famous quote out there that um, you know I'm going to butcher this, but um, uh, you know, leading you know taking ownership and leading by example isn't uh, isn't just one way to lead; it's the only way to lead. So um, because when you have a team, Sam, like there's you know when you win as a team, it's it's they, it's us, you know, it's, 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 they did this, look what we did. You know, when, when you have a failure as a leader, you got to take that ownership and you got to put that back. You got to put, point the microphone on you and you gotta, you gotta fall on the sword and say, look team, I failed you. Um, and that's, that's just leading by example, you know, and that could also translate onto the job site, you know, like, are you, are you the foreman that just sits in your, uh, in your skid steer and doesn't even get out? Or are you the salesperson that just shows up, barks some orders and leaves? Like, are you truly leading by example or are you willing to get, you know, roll your sleeves up, be one with your team and, you know, get a little dirty and do, do some of the hard work with them, have a little fun? Well, yeah, I think that it's also, I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's unsafe, hard work, you're not properly set up for it. If I'm not willing to do it, why would I make you do it? Because I can't then teach you the safe way. I'm not going to say go unload that 15-ton pallet when the machine's only lifting five. 100%. We're going to find another way to do it, and it may take a little bit longer, but we're going to do it together as a team, and it may be unloading by hand. You just got to get dirty, get in there, and um, if you're not going to do it, don't ask somebody else to. Couldn't say it better. All right, next one. Do the right thing. I mean, self-explanatory, well, what's right? What's the wrong thing? What is the wrong thing? Don't I mean, do that. Doesn't don't, matter what it is. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> you know, just because you're digging a trench and you're burying your your pipes doesn't mean you can make a connection with duct tape. You know, yeah. you got to do the right thing. You it's know, not like be seen. So yeah. screw it. Let's cut some corners and make it happen quick. Yeah. Lunch. So. I mean, do the right thing. Like it's it's that simple. I can't tell you how many people are in business that don't do the right thing. They cut corners. They do whatever it takes to get a job, and then they screw the client and they call us to fix their shit several years later. Mm -hmm. So like, just do the right thing. It's that. It's just take that simple. Take ownership if you can't do it. Yeah. Say you can't do it and refer the person. And that's the right thing. Take so, the ownership. Exactly. Uh, stay humble. Don't be an arrogant prick. <laughs> All uh, of our heads are going to inflate from time to time, but yeah. the big thing is deflating it. Yep. You can have those happy moments, Wait, but stay on the ground. Dude, like, you, ha you have to be in a place of constant learning. And, and if you're not being humble, you're not going to be in a place to be able to do that and receive more information. And so uh, being humble just means that you're a, a person that other people are going to be wanting to be around. Um, and th that just keeps your mind open stay humble mm -hmm. you know there's always going to be somebody better there's always something better um and so you, i i'm just a firm believer of be humble that's why i'm ending with this because with if you're living by all the first 10 core values you know it'd be easy to think you're hot shit but you know i think that's why it's even more important to to remember that uh that we're not we're specking the dust mm -hmm. you know I'm, i like to I like to think how small we are just by looking at the universe and seeing how big it is. Or I like to think back on uh, my, you know, anybody's great, great grandpa or great, great, great grandpa. Do we even know who they are? Do we even know who their names are? 
in three, four generations, nobody's going to remember our name except for maybe a very select few that make it into the history books. So that's humbling to me to mm -hmm. just realize that, you know, just treat people right, stay humble, be a likable person. It's that simple to me. Yeah. And arguably one of the most important, depends on how you look at it. Yep. I, I think it is because how do you do the top 11 if you're not doing number 12? Okay. How do you teach anybody anything if they already know everything? You've got to be humble to be in a place to take in more information. Mm -hmm. So what's our last one? Well, that's more I was talking about than being humble. Uh, ah, this is the big one. This is me. the big one. This yeah. is the big one. Uh, All right. Because the, the other ones are a little loaded, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're a little pertaining to something specific. It's a way that you got to go about something. But this is like at the end of the day, you remember to do this one thing. And life's about the journey. We're Yeah, we set goals here. We're very goal-oriented. We're very competitive and all that kind of stuff. But none of that matters if you're not doing this one thing along the journey. And that one thing is? Having fun. Having fun. If you're pissed off, if you're down in the dumps, if you're sad, you're not being productive. I can tell you that right now. Or you're not operating at your highest efficiency. But it doesn't matter what you're operating at. It's about having fun. It's about leaving the day, knowing that you did something great, but having a smile on your face and enjoying it to the point that you're coming back and you're excited to do it again the next day. 100%. All right. I think we're we're about thirty minutes right now. Uh, I think let's cut this off, man. Let's let's keep this short, focused, to the point. Yeah. Those are twelve core values. That's how we use them. We talked about how I created them. If there's anything we missed, anything that you think that you could add to the conversation or challenge us on, or you have questions in general on how we use them, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me a message on Instagram. Talk to us. Uh, both Sam and I are available. You know how to find us at this point. Uh, but until uh, the next episode on The Yardist, just get better than yesterday, guys. Thank you for listening. Get better than yesterday, but most importantly, have fun. Later.